right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another week of Barstool Backstage. Two more big interviews this week. We have the band Camino, one of the hottest young bands in the world. They have a new record dropping on Friday. Uh, great interview with those guys. Dante's internet did not work whatsoever. It's fucking hilarious. Uh, we also have Dylan Scott, country superstar, live from the Windy City Smokeout. I'm telling you right now, for habitual listeners of the podcast, people who have been following from the beginning, this is the first time White Sox Dave is absolutely in his element. It is the greatest interview I've ever seen him do. He introduced himself by the wrong name. Uh, <laughs> did you guys watch it yet? I sent it in the group. No, I haven't, I haven't seen it yet. Please, for the love of God, the second we stop, go watch this. I left. It's a 10-minute interview. I left the first five minutes nonstop. Dave is <laughs> hammered and angry. It's so funny. He introduces himself. He goes, hey, man, what's up? I'm I'm Dylan. And the guy Dylan goes, you're Dylan too? And he goes, Oh, fuck, I'm hammered. And they all just started dying laughing. Dude, it's so funny. Shouts out to everybody uh, involved at the Windy City Smokeout. We still have a few more of those interviews coming out. Thank you, Nick Vasoli, for uh, for doing all these. Shouts out to Cole for editing. We have a lot to talk about before we get in. Obviously, let's start with the only important thing here. I'm a fucking dad. Oh, congratulations, it's, big dog. It's nuts, dude. You have a son. Uh, yeah, I have a son. I'm now in charge of somebody else's life. That is so fucking nuts. Entire. <laughs> it uh first off, the only person who should be getting a shout out here is my wife. Dana was unbelievable, an absolute beast. Um it, it dude, we went at like a we we woke up on Friday and she was like, I think it's time. And it's his due date was Friday. Yeah. So we I, in my head, I'm like, I mean, kids punctual. What do you want me to tell you? Got to the hospital, they were like, Yeah, you gotta stay. So we were like just waiting around, watching Spider-Man in the in the room, just chilling, waiting. And then it all just started happening. And a uh, little man came out in the middle of Born to Run. He came out. I had like, I had Fleetwood Mac's Rumors on repeat because that's Dan, one of Dana's favorite albums. And that ended. And I was like, <laughs> it actually started by the nurse saying, like, do you guys want to play some music? And I was like, I got it. And I put on Sandstorm by Darude. <laughs> and they were like, they were like, stop. So then I put on Jock Jams. I put on the song, uh, y'all ready for this? Dun, 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 dun. And they were like, nah, but for real, put on something. And so then after Rumors ended, I put on Born to Run. Uh, that the record and it went we were in there for a while it went twice all the way through and little man came out right as the bridge in born to run and then when he goes one two three four how hey, dude <laughs> i cried like a baby he's yeah. huge he's awesome um he's a beast and he's home it's he's now four and a half days old he's a stud it's like Kenny, I, fucking wait for the right moments to come out my kid we had i don't know a thousand songs on a playlist and it was just rolling i wasn't changing anything and my kids were born to this must be the place by the talking heads you're like how much better to think this must be the place here i am that's so good. i didn't tell you this i i would i thought of you on the ride to the hospital because dana like i got in the car in a hurry and the one of like a podcast i was listening to was playing and she was like can i put something on and she clicked one of her playlists, and the first song that came on the playlist was This Must Be The Place. Dun, 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 dun. And I was like, whoa, this is trippy. Yeah, This yeah. is trippy. Um, uh, yeah, that's so, a weird trippy. You know what the only thing I really like? There's a lot of that cliche shit of like, you've never seen love like this or experienced love like this. Okay, all true. That's fine. Whatever. You know what the crazy <laughs> thing is? How pissed off I get now because I was this person when I see people treat their dogs like children. Mm-hmm. It's totally different. It's totally different. That's the only thing that really pisses me off now because they're like, oh my God, my I'm a dog mom or whatever. Shut it up. Like, Bitch. You fucking loser. Get out of here. Uh, if that thing did not come out of your wife, shut the fuck up. It's totally different. Um, but she was incredible. You scared um, at all? Because I was terrified for no. my 
for my wife sure absolutely uh you guys will appreciate this i am very squeamish uh i was in there holding legs and i was in the in the room i never looked down once i stared dude the nurses were making fun of me her mom who was in the room was making fun of me i would hold the leg she would push and then i would turn and never look down and start reading charts on the wall. Yeah. I'd be like, well, that was a good one. That was a good. And they were like, dude, you're like the real doctor walked in and she was like, hey, dad, how about you look? And I was like, no. I was <laughs> like, fuck no. I was like, I'm not doing this. You guys don't feel like treating me and her at the same time. So, um, but he's a monster. He's the man. He's the best. My family's been incredible. Dana's family's been incredible. What's his name? Um, Crash can. What is it again? It is Connor Anthony. Thank you very much. Jerk off. Um, so yeah, his, um, his name. So he's Connor Anthony Bud- Budney. 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 Cab. Cab. Yeah, Connor Anthony Budney. Um, he's dude. He came out and I didn't know what to expect. Uh, just huge, big boy, bit huge hands, huge feet. Um, How much did he weigh? Seven eleven, and they were all like, oh. but they were all like, we were all taking bets before they put him on the scale, and I was like, that's he's eight five. Eight five. All the nurses were like, "Yeah, he's fucking huge." And they weighed him, and it was seven eleven. And everybody was like, "That's it." Like, he <laughs> looks way bigger than that, but he's just a. Uh, he's he's been awesome. Hitting that creatine or something. He, like, I don't know. Maybe he got yeah. it through osmosis through uh, my skin to Dana's skin. I don't know, but he's <laughs> uh, he's awesome. Okay, he's on great. A scale of one to ten, how tired are you? Right now, I'm great. Oh. This was my uh, my first time going back to the gym. I just got back from the gym. Uh, Dana's sister's here, so I went and worked out. Yeah. The the first night home, I was a fucking mess. Um, I've been trying to let her catch up on some sleep too. So I've been staying up a little bit later and then like doing things. And um that night was tough. I went to the doctor the next morning with with the baby and I was just like <laughs> my mom was there and she was like, Yeah, I do. And I was like, No. Um <laughs> but yeah, we got we got a couple interviews to go into. I don't know where Dante and Dave were bowling for Barstool today. I don't know what the fuck they're doing. They're celebrating um, Portnoy's return. Awesome, by the way. Great yeah. news for everybody involved. Yo, I was just watching a breakdown of the deal. Homeboy sells it for 500 mil, gets it back for zero dollars. Zero. It's great. I, I think like so much more creative control and there's so much less, less oversight. It's great for us. I know that much. Um, what if his first I'm, act comes in? He's like, Colin, gone. Gone. Yeah, yeah. No more of this bullshit. <laughs> first act, he goes into the fucking offices this morning and nobody's there. And his video awesome. Like, Where the fuck is everybody? It's 945. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, before we get into the interviews, because we're going to keep this concise today, because I do have dad shit. It's just too new. I got dad shit to do. Like, you know what I mean? We're still getting locked in over here. Uh, but you think I was going to miss one? I look like a bitch to you? No. I look like a kind of, but I know you're not. So suck a dick, dude. Wow. Um, <laughs> let's uh let's talk real quick. I got two things to talk about. One, Lala Palooza looked okay. Um, I've never played Lala. It's one of the festivals we haven't been a part of. So every year I really don't like put that much stock into it because I don't have like a frame of reference. I know Kenny, you've done Lala. Johnny, have you done Lala before? I've not yeah. done Lala. Wait, you never did what? Lala? No, that's a crazy thing. One of the only festivals we never did was Lala. We did like a couple Lala after parties and stuff, but I watched uh I actually watched a lot of the live stream. And I, I don't know if it bugs me or not. Probably not at all. But uh, fucking Billie Eilish's performance blew me the fuck away. Did so you see bad. the friend of the podcast got brought out? Who did she bring out again? I forget. Armani White. Oh, really? No, I didn't see. Oh, right. He's my <laughs> boy. He's my boy. Like, literally, like a homie. He's been on the podcast a couple times. Yeah. Armani, who has a song called Billie Eilish that made him famous. Yeah. yeah. She brought him out on the main stage headlining set. Yeah. She's <laughs> fucking great, dude. I mean... 
solo. I mean, I know her like her brother and the drummer were there, but they were off essentially off stage. So it's just yeah. her and Lala and ripping that first song. She comes out heavy, like, yo, sick. I didn't see a lot of the this was a bad weekend for me to try and act like I fucking watch these performances because obviously I was a little tied up, but um I think blew me to out of the water. I saw somebody put a thing up. It was like, oh, the Red Hot Chili Peppers absolutely destroyed Lala Palooza, and they were playing like Can't Stop or something, and it was the most mundane thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Like, can we stop know? acting like Can I tell you something though? I was watching their set and watching for Shanti in just like oversized baggy dicky shorts. Right, playing lefty strats, just fuck, dude. My that's my favorite person on earth, man. Dude, I mean, like they're awesome, but like, come on, like, right? Let's not act like they're still that chill. That those dudes, like, let's not act like it's like that. Um, I didn't, I didn't see. I, I wish Dante was here because Dante was there. You know, that would be fucking helpful. Uh, if the guy was there, uh, he did catch up with Major Laser, which is pretty fucking fire. Uh, we got that interview coming out shortly, but I mean, good for another uh, good, like it's, it's a well-run festival. Perry Farrell obviously puts it on Jane's addiction. Um, they had pictures with him backstage, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, but I think next year we're going to have like a presence at Lala Barstool backstage will, which I think will be fucking awesome. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm just remembering. I went to a party at Perry Farrell's house in Brazil. How was that? Cause I mean, it was like a giant party. It's not like I went personally as a guest of his, but like we got invited because our manager knew them. And the house, I mean, I, I don't remember anything about the party, but the house was like the most epic fucking, it looked like a drug lord house. It was so I was amazing. just going to say, were there like sex wings everywhere? Was Dave Navarro like shirtless with his nipples pierced in the corner, like painting someone? Like Weirdly was it like, like the opposite. It was just like this beautiful, like, I don't, like it was like an uh, architecture account on Instagram, like mm. beautiful fucking house, and with like a giant tree built kind of into the house and the thing. I don't Fire. know, it just like blew me away. Like it wasn't what you'd expect of like drugs and serpents or something. Yo, a tree I opened, house. I I opened for them last year and never saw them once backstage. Like there was a fly date for them. They were in and out. Yeah, and I was like hoping I was like, damn, I want to bump into fucking Perry Farrell and ask if we can do ketamine together. Nah, no shot. <laughs> they never even fucking show face. I bumped into Robert Robin Zander backstage from Cheap Trick, which was pretty fucking cool. Um, that was that was dope. I like that. And I just um, I was looking up like highs and lows of Lala. <laughs> Check this out. The lowest of Lala emo night made me sad. The oh. worst thing I heard all weekend was a dubstep version of Jimmy Eat World's The Middle mixed into Good Charlotte's The Anthem. Right as I was walking I went, uh, walking away, I realized I made the right choice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. All right. Yeah, we got to be there next year. I think that's important. Um, the only thing I wanted to talk about before we got into our first interview with the band Camino was there's a report that came out from Billboard today. And I'm about to go in. Because this actually made me mad. As tired as I am and as fucking like little as I paid attention this week, this came across my goddamn desk today. And I wanted to talk about this because I'm a little fucking amped up. Um, this is the report that came out. Thank you to Kelly Keegs from Barstool Sports, by the way, who tagged us in this. And they were she was like, I want to hear your fucking opinion on this. So I'll give it to you. Music executives tell Billboard that they are worried and depressed as the industry st struggles to find a big artist breakthrough, noting Olivia Rodrigo and Ice Spice as the last recent successes. Nobody knows how to break music right now. Each person I talk to in the industry is more depressed about this than the person I talked to before them. Listen to me. Industry people are complaining to Billboard they can't find sustainable artists to break in and headline stadiums. You know what, dude? Here we go. I'm about to go in. 
You want to talk about not being able to find superstars when you spent the last decade plus trying to find one hit wonders with 15 second clips and then really never developing their fucking careers and giving them 360s. You want to talk about who's to blame for the fact that you can't find fucking superstars or real music? Look at the fact that you got 25 song albums from artists who really nobody gives a fuck about or the fact that you're basing everything off a top line of a song that comes in for 15 seconds so some kid can dance to it. You're not worried about fucking building superstars. You're worried about your goddamn bottom line. That's all you care about and the fact that you're doing this the wrong way and you're fucking the industry hub that's what you care about don't act like you care about the artists don't think that you don't care about fucking superstars don't think you give a fuck about fans you care about the fact that you thought you had the right fucking way to break artists and you fucked up that's what you're mad about you're don't fucking cry the thing is you're absolutely right because with stream even the labels suffer with streaming all the money's in touring it's all these guarantees and these giant shows when you're doing arenas and stadiums right then you're making crazy money ain't nobody going to a stadium to see silento come on like they need real shit <laughs> yeah so so your point of view is that you don't have the superstars yeah. who was the last artist that a label took and actually developed and gave them time rather than signing bands like we talked to last week about these $10,000 deals and hoping that something catches on TikTok. And you wonder why these motherfuckers aren't building careers? Come on. You don't care about that. You're fucking throwing a thousand minnows into a pool and hoping one of them grows into a shark. That's all you're doing. I mean, don't look, you're totally, you're totally right. This is part of the problem when it's, I think it even goes like deeper and further than that. It's like the labels themselves are owned by, like massive investment firms. So everything is just like been segmented into this make like make money, make money, make money, but in the way that like a a stock or hedge fund would be doing it. Yes. You know? so, so there's no wow. It's like the housing boom in yeah or whatever it was where it's like everybody do quick, 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 and then all of a sudden it explodes. You're like, well, exactly the point though. These fucking record label executives and people in that business have been treating this like fucking meme stocks. They're like, try and get it on it quick, try and get it on it quick, try and get it on it quick. And then you wonder why this shit isn't turning into fucking something huge. Like there, There's putting, only one solution. We have to turn the internet off. We do need to turn the internet Good off. Luck, I, don't know, I don't know how we do this podcast. The internet's going to turn us off is what it's going to do. Oh, yeah, it's done that. John, it's yeah, done. Totally. Johnny, but, you and your brothers argued with me about something years ago. And it no. proves that you guys were right, unfortunately, because we were talking back when we were on tour together in 2017, 2018, whatever it was, about how social media followings translate into ticket sales. And in my argument was that, like, it must in some aspect, it must if you have a million followers and 100,000 of them are in one city that must translate to ticket sales. But it nope. looks like you're right, right? Where like, if these guys are getting millions of followers off of viral clips, they're still not selling any fucking tickets. That has nothing to do with that. Well, I mean, yeah, look, I, I can't remember what I said at the time. I mean, I'll take I'll take the win. Thank you, Kenny. I'll remember that on my plaque. But um, I, there's definitely some correlation. Yeah. But when you look at like, I think Young the Giants, the perfect example of a band. Like, if you go look at their social media presence, it's it's good. Like, it, but it's not like any crazy numbers. Then go look at the fucking tour they just did. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. insane the places no, they're playing. But they're, they're, something about though, running the the right gamut, running the right avenue. Because I did a tour with Young the Giant when we played like 120 cap rooms. I mean, mm -hmm. itty bitty, right? Meaning they started. 
they've worked, they built, they built, they made records. There's six records deep. They get better and bigger. You know what I mean? As opposed to like, get this guy famous overnight. Uh, yeah, dude, I, I bring them up all the time because like we also we put we toured with them opening for Kings of Leon. They were like direct support, and we were first of three. And um, they have had. I've said this like literally before. It's they're the best managed alternative rock career that i've ever seen i think and i'm not to take away from them as a as a great band and all that i just mean like from a business perspective that fucking they've just done it perfectly yeah mm -hmm. there's or other bands from that era or like that that move there's two bands that are on tour right now that you don't look at them from their social media perspective but they sell out constantly it's the head and the heart and father john missy are on a headlining tour mm -hmm. tour forever and they they have basically no social media presence. Also been banned for a really long time. And that's what it takes. So many of these artists don't get the opportunity to get out of that initial phase because there really is no initial phase. It's lightning in a bottle and, and these people, Making you know. Videos is not going to get you to sell out theaters. It's just. Ain't. No, it really isn't, dude. And everybody wants everything so fucking quickly. And that's not only just artists anymore. Now it's labels. And there's It'll your be problem. interesting to see like. What are the examples of artists that, that have had that kind of flash in the pan viral success that have gone on to translate into something really big? What was that Korean guy, Psy? Psy? I mean, yeah, I guess if you if you go look at concerts like of Psy, he's still he's fucking playing stadiums. But it's I think it's more in hip hop, and that's where the 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 problem is now. Cause if you look at it, every major hip hop tour this summer that's not Kendrick Lamar is canceling their dates because they can't sell out the venues that they they booked. That's the Dude, problem. Can I say this? And I hate to say this because I'm actually a genuine fan of hip hop, but I think hip hop is fucking boring right now. Yeah, it's everything it's, sounds the same. So it's I don't even know if it's like the viral aspect. It's like if you go to one or two hip hop acts in a year, you've seen it all. Right. <laughs> There's very few artists that are going to do anything different. And I just think it needs a breath of fresh air. I don't know where that's going to come from. And it will I, come because it's always I, innovating hip hop. But it's—I like, truly believe that hip hop is currently in its 0304 uh, rock seether saliva phase. Uh, I think it's—I—I—I <laughs> I, I think we've hit that point where yeah. it's oversaturated and everything sounds the same. Yep. And then yeah, that's a pretty a, good analogy. Yeah, a wrecking ball will hit as and it always does. That's why I fall in love with like rap groups like Brockhampton, right? Or Me like, too. Right. It just. I'm, Everything's How so about, fucking similar, and then it just takes somebody, somebody different, you know. But I'll say this: the career that I want, and I think the career I'm working towards, is someone like an Action Bronson, who has more of a niche base, but will last forever because he's passionate and has things that he actually like. Like our podcast is his fuck that's delicious. This kind of like all-encompassing, like there's more to him than just the music. But and I only bring him up because. Once again, I said that is the kind of career that I want, but his tiny desk that just came out. I don't know if you guys watched it. No, I'll check it out, though. It is unbelievable. After the second song, it just goes, right now the edible is just starting to hit. And he, and he's just like holding his head like he's, but he has a full live jazz band with congos and shit behind him. And he's just, yeah, the dude, it's so good. You have to watch it. But I just needed to bring that up because that got brought to my attention by Kelly Keegs. And I think it's going to be a good conversation starter online. But either way, like, that's where I stand. I don't know if you guys feel the same way, but I, I... no, I, feel yeah, I mean, look, I'm, I'm basically like, I guess a fatalist about, it. I feel like that is, it is what it is. Like big money always controls everything in every aspect of life, but it is kind of annoying that that is governing so much of the, look how they killed terrestrial radio. 
with yeah. centralized programming and shit. Also, pro- uh, also fuck terrestrial radio. Yeah, fuck oh, totally, them. But-, but like, think about it. Like the central centralized programming for eight hundred. No, states. no, no. I, I think we talked about this last time. I wish we could go back to the old school gatekeepers rather than yeah. like the algorithm based gatekeepers. But do you? Like, they're do both you, shit and horrible. But you need to go back to the movie Airheads. Where they yes. to take over a radio station <laughs> with fake guns to get airplay. Like, that's what we need to go I want to say this, though. Last week, this was not a long ago thing. We said this. Johnny, you remember when we said this? Who do you like more, the record label execs or the, the uh, gatekeepers of fucking algorithms and stuff? And I said, these record label people don't have a goddamn idea what the fuck is going on. You would know they do. And then this week on Billboard, they come out and everybody says they're scared. They don't know what's happening. They can't make superstars. We might know more than we think we fucking know. My, I mean, yeah. Look, it, I, there's. It's hard to predict a big trend of what's happening because we could see like a real die-off of what record labels are doing. But remember, every time they've said like indies really starting to make some inroads into the market share, it's still fucking like the four majors or the three majors that have the giant pie. And not just that, they're investing in all the other aspects of it. So you've got like Spotify paying out royalties that are kind of sweetheart deals for the label where you've got all these this black box money that goes in. And if it doesn't reach a certain threshold, it's based on certain ratios of streams. It gets sent off to the labels as opposed to equally distributed like stream for stream mm-hmm. so yeah they like there there may be some things they're struggling with but they're still fucking squeezing billions of dollars out of it i, I think this is actually a really interesting conversation to go into the interview with the bank camino because we kind of talked about all this within the interview like we talked about um so much of the i i, I can't even fucking backtrack and act like i remember what i was talking about because my brain's mush oh, but me because i have great points that i like to bring up and i asked them i was like how important is your team and how good are yes they? That's what it was. And it was kind of like, oh, it was the, the streaming or the, the social media numbers. And they were said, we don't have a huge presence on social media. And it doesn't equate from what you might think our shows look like. But we don't do great on socials, but we fucking pack out shows. And that was like kind of like a chicken or the egg. I keep bringing that's, this term that's up. The great thing, though, is that like an artist with millions of fucking followers and this, this and that doesn't get that moment on stage where they're like, who the fuck are you people? Yep. Yeah, wow. You, that's a good point. I am. This is crazy. That was a the whole time too. I mean, which was like just before social media through the beginning of it. You know, I feel so lucky that we got to go out on stage and be surprised every night. Be like, what the fuck? What are you Those doing? Are the, the, oh. the craziest fucking moments in the world are when you're, you hit the what the fuck, man. Um, well, let's do this. Let's go quickly into our interview with uh, the band Camino. Come out to a quick on list, off list and end with our interview with Dylan Scott. I think next week we'll be back to having everybody together for a full episode. I think we're going to do major laser, laser next week, which I'm pretty fucking excited yeah. about. But oh, yeah. um, we'll have all the boys together next week. Um, let's go into our interview with the band Camino. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Barstool backstage and on the guest list this week. We have a fan favorite band from the podcast. They have a new record coming out. They're going on tour. Please welcome the band Camino. Boys, how are we? What's up? We're good. Man. Damn, that was a good intro. Holy fuck. I, I freeballed that too. Let's go. Almost like I know what I'm doing, dude. Uh, boys, we're very happy to have you here. We want to get back together in person in the fall. We've been talking with your management about doing that, but you got a record coming out. We got to have you on now. How's it feel to have a new record on the way? Feels really, really good. We uh, it's out in nine days, so we're getting like really close, and we're 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 doing a lot of little pop up stuff. We did a little like Nashville 
listen listening party last night with a bunch of uh nashville homies and some fans and did like a little like you know you had to enter to win win a spot and it was packed out we've done a couple of them now we're gonna do one in new york but we're just doing little things to kind of build the hype you know it's been a long time coming so we're like a little bit over a week out and like where'd you do the where'd you do the nashville one at oh it's a new place called electric jane Ooh, i was gonna say you probably did grimies or like basement or something like that where's electric jane at it's over off a division in midtown oh so usually like downtown yeah, basically, but it's a, it's like a newer that. spot. It's a really good like, like listening room. There, it's like it's, yeah, it's like a club, holds, like maybe two fifty, three hundred people, and it's just like, but it has a great PA. It's are a those, great little listening space. Parties as weird for you guys as they are for me. <laughs> <laughs> for sure, we're just sitting up there on stage, just like yeah. It's funny because go, like, go make an ugly face because like, you make stuff yeah. for people to listen to and judge, but when they listen to it and judge it in front of my face, I don't oh, like it's that. the worst. It's, like it it's, well, definitely a strange feeling. It was. It's kind of like endearing. I was saying last night on stage, I was like, "Yeah, we're this is about to happen. We're about to play our own music, and you guys are just gonna we're gonna watch you guys listen to it. So please, like, make you know pleasant faces. But it's kind of like I feel like everything we do is so thought out and so like the show and like the record everything is like so kind of like you know then that that's like the opposite like what we did last night it's so just like there's no gimmicks there's no like yeah anything that cool about it it's just like we're just here because we like music and we're here to share like kind of this milestone of like album two with some people that care so it's like it's kind of good for the soul to just like have it's like almost awkward but it's not i don't know it, it felt good though. all right but let's be honest about something here this is not a normal interview this is two working musicians talking to working musicians there is no shittier feeling than when you meet somebody and they're like oh what are you doing you're like oh, i'm in a band and they're like what's the name of your band and you're like the band camino and then they go to spotify pull it up and then put it in their ear and listen to it in front of your fucking face oh, yeah. weird, man. i'll literally tell people don't do that <laughs> I, I don't want to see that. I don't want to see that. Dude. <laughs> well, oh, they're also God. like, which one should I listen to? I'm like, what do you like? Yeah, making <laughs> a lot of assumptions here. Yeah. I don't know. Just to up the ante, though. I mean, I think the worst of the worst is when your Uber driver does that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh. Like, and and it's on the rest of the car ride, and you're like, oh, what did I do? What did so I do? He's to always myself? told people we were a soccer team when they would. A wall nation. A wall nation. The soccer team. I like that. Yeah. We don't look. We don't look athletic enough. <laughs> yeah, you could be a surf team, maybe. I don't know. You got the puka shell necklace rocking right now. You could be a surfer. <laughs> well, if you ever want to know if a song is good or not, just sit down and play it in front of somebody, one of your friends. <laughs> That's the best. <laughs> Kenny, what was the spot you you hated? This trip club, didn't you? This trip club playing in sale, dude. The quick the Reader's Digest version is day off South Carolina. We all rented scooters, like 10 of us. And then we were like, where do we go? So we went to a strip club on a Monday at like 1 p.m. Yeah. Like, you can imagine what the dancers looked like. And the first thing they did was play our song. And immediately we left. (laughs) (laughs) I do like, I do like the way you guys have been doing this rollout, though, because it's like kind of like early 2000s throwback rollout of doing like in stores and listening parties and things like that. It's not just like, let me throw a link up on my IG story and hope somebody clicks on it. You guys are getting out to the people. Was that like a, a big impetus from you and the record label to say like, dude, let's really try and get out there and grassroots, get this record out there. Yeah, for sure. It was definitely kind of us and our manager that kind of, we we've always been a live, a live show band. Like I think we're, we, we feel comfortable being in front of people and we love like playing music, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. obviously, but there's something about just like having that real face to face connection with people to kind of like build the hype instead of just more posting, you know, it's like, cause we're going to tour this fall, but it's kind of nice to do some, some smaller stuff of just like 
you know, for the people that really, really want to be there and kind of just like give them a chance to hear it early and everyone's like posting it and it's like building like a little buzz. It's, it's also just fun for us. And we're doing a lot of in-store, like um, we're going to do a lot of record store little signings and stuff where we're going to bop around and kind of go to New York and Atlanta and some in the store here in Nashville and just do like a four hour block or whatever. And like let people come in and buy the record early and like sign and like, you know, play some acoustic songs, just like that kind of stuff. It's just fun to kind of get out there and, you know, it not just be all through your like numbers on a phone. Oh, it's the fucking worst, dude. I think it was Tyler, the creator had like a quote recently where he was like, artists like will make something for a year post it on their Instagram story like twice and then be like, why is nobody listening to this? It's nice to see somebody get out and like care about what they're doing enough to be like, go from city to city, give their fans a taste of what they're doing. Cause you want people to come out to shows. The best way to do that is to get in their face and say like, yo, come fucking see us. It's a great way to do it. Interviewer question for you guys for, for stuff like that. And all those like in store, like, do you guys have like a great marketing and PR team that you love and they're doing a good job and you're working with like young and up and coming, whatever, like where do like a lot of these, great ideas for promotion come about is it a lot of you guys or is it a lot of like you know because a lot of bands who listen to this and new artists who listen to this are like how do i do it and we're sitting here listening to all the things you guys are doing and like how does that come about you know it's just definitely a lot of like a lot of tedious planning you know from our management and our, our pr team and all, everything but like i don't know it's 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 kind of just like the album's been in the works for over a year, so it's like as we're getting closer, just kind of trying to fill up the calendar of all these little things, you know. And where did you guys record it, and who produced it, if anybody else besides yourselves? Um, we recorded in Nashville with our producer Jordan Schmidt. He's Nashville dude. He's done the last three with us, so like Try Hard EP, and then this all titled album and this album. Yeah. Were you guys in RCA? Were you in Blackbird? Where were you? He's got a studio at his house, but we're, we, we recorded drums at Star Trek. Yeah. yeah. Reba's old studio yeah. on Music Row. Sick. Oh, well, who doesn't want a little bit of that Reba magic? You know what I mean? Like what we were saying. Yeah. It's like straight out of the 90s. It's the 90s as fuck. It was such a vibe in there. Mm-hmm. Bro, awesome. you should have tried to get the Reba feature. Oh, bro. Damn. Why didn't we think of that? I think she still I'm, lives in town, doesn't she? I'm sure. I believe so. I mean, it's For not sure. too late, right? You didn't press violence. Did we, we still have, no, the, we have the nine bigger, days. The bigger we get, the the higher our chances are of a Reba feature. So I'm, you know, just kind of holding on to that. Yep. Bro. Oh my God. I mean, that's like uh, how Travis Scott just put out that record. And the the day before Drake sent in the vocals. So they, they added that late. Dude, could you imagine if you did like a remix to one of the new songs and it's just Reba McIntyre doing everything? That would be the most insane thing of all time. Yeah. Then we have (laughs) Dolly after that. Yeah. We have to get, we have to get Dolly next. Dude. And then you just got to go down the line. Shania Twain has to be in there somewhere. My yeah, God. I was talking about her Bro. day, man. Dude. Like, celebrity, who's your like celebrity crush? Still? And I was like, Shania, obviously, obviously, obviously. yeah, without a doubt, Shania Twain, like yeah. still to this day, Shania Twain, yeah, yeah. God damn, how the fuck did we get here? <laughs> I was sitting here like, all, all, roads, lead to, all uh, roads lead to uh, Shania Twain. That's a t shirt idea, right there. Absolutely, I love Sorry. that. Um, but yeah, I was doing like a little bit of background because I've, I've been following you guys for a while now. Uh, you guys have been fucking hustling your asses off. You've been working your balls off for like what, like seven, eight years now. Yeah. I didn't know yeah. you guys were a college college roommate band. I had no idea. Yeah, yeah, that's we went on spring break together in 2015. Jeffrey and I did, and you know, yeah. did the thing in Panama City Beach. 
Oh, this was a spring break. This was a spring break oh, yeah. idea. Well, that's like where we that's where we became friends, and then we kind of like that summer started writing together, and and yeah, he had his own solo project, so I played for him for a little bit, and then we wrote a song together, and we were like, this sounds way more like a band than an Americana solo project. So, was Americana the basis? Was Americana the basis of what you guys did? Uh, I don't know. I grew up like kind of country, listening to country music, and then my departure from that was a little more like rootsy Americana, like less like mainstream country, but still kind of like rootsy, I guess you could say. And then I met Spencer, and um, he showed me a lot of. He definitely changed my music taste a lot. He just showed me a lot of music. I kind of was like not super exposed to a lot of music growing up. You know, like I grew up kind of in a little bubble, so I got to like experience all these like kind of new things at like 19 and 20 that like most people had grown up listening to their whole lives and i was like yo there's some crazy shit out here and then we started a band well speaking of that i've got one compliment going into one question um you guys your guys's pop sensibility is incredible especially coming out from a live band right like even the live videos i've seen you guys play and i've seen you guys play once um so much pop sensibilities come out which is fucking epic and i don't feel like a lot of live bands can successfully do that so i'm curious if you come from mostly country like where does that pop sensibility come from like where did does that come from your listening styles or those vocal melodies are like undeniably pop you know yeah yeah for sure yeah i mean i think it just comes from the songwriting aspect definitely comes has a lot of basis in the country um because that's just they're they're such great storytellers and we're all we're Tennessee boys. We're know? Tennessee we're boys at heart, you know. We're we're all we all we all we all do the thing. We're out, you know, outdoorsy. But we do um the yeah, the pop melodies, I don't know. We just we like Taylor Swift and we like Post Malone and we like Drake and we like everyone. We like listening to everybody. I, so I feel like we all love where music is at and we also love like all the you know, like historically historically classic shit. Like we're pretty like, you know, we love, you know keeping up with like where music is but also trying to take that and you know take like a being inspired by a post malone song and trying to write a melody that maybe has some of that, some of that energy but then arranging it in a, in a live way with guitars and drums and a band because like you know i think having a, a country sensibility to songwriting and taking it into the pop world and making it what you guys make it is a great blend for longevity because then you're actually writing good songs with exactly. The melody. So to me, like that's a perfect formula. And I never really thought about it like that until Kennedy just brought that up. But I think it's funny for you to mention the fact that you're fans of Taylor Swift when she's a fan of you. Well, she was a fan of us, at least at one point. She put one song of our ours on a on a playlist. And we were still like we were on our first tour ever, I think, in yeah. like 20, 20, 2018, our first like full US headline tour. We were opening for a band called Dangerous Summer, and we were first of three on like two to three hundred cap rooms. And one day we just like woke up to like someone texted me was like congrats on the Taylor Swift playlist and I was like what do you mean and they were like look at Taylor Swift's tw- like post and we were like what do you mean bro what, <laughs> what the fuck what you, you wait you yeah. were first of three in two hundred cap rooms and then say, how much did that piss off the headliner <laughs> yeah <laughs> 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 headliner was amped for us they were, everyone was stoked we were yeah. geeked about it yeah it, it was, was crazy it was nuts yeah they were amped to your face. And then yeah. when they got back, when they got back to the van, they were like these like, motherfuckers. Dude. <laughs> uh, shout out to Dangerous Summer. They put us on our first ever tour. They yeah. they were they they put the boys on, and here we are. So that was our first that was our first trip around the U.S. Yeah, you know who well, else? Uh, friend of ours, Adam, over at 
she is Dante, Dante, Dante zooming in from his fucking Pixel Plus or whatever he's doing right now. <laughs> is my internet bad? Yeah, he seems. It's like you're like fucking zooming in from like a Game Boy. I don't know. What's going on. Welcome to Barso backstage. This is banging. Um, Dante, what band were you talking about? No, I was saying our girl Madison at Alt Nation has oh, been pumping, from Alt Nation. pumping the hell out. She. She's always pumping them. Dude, yeah, Madison. That's actually how. (laughs) Shut the fuck up, dude. (laughs) I think what he's trying to say is that's how he found you guys. Oh, dope. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, They've been been amazingly supportive over there since, since the early days. Yep. Yeah, we uh we found I think Cannon was the other band that we found that we had on through Alt Nation. And they, yeah. I'm, dude, it's one of the few places left that you can actually get to the DJs and be like, hey, check this out. And they'll actually respond and then react and play it. Yo, shout out Jeff Regan, man. Jeff Regan, dude. All time. Good ship. I mean, the, like the alt scene in general with radio has gotten so much different now where like it's not as like interactive with the DJs. They don't really have as much pull anymore. Yeah, and sometimes you, got- you don't want to listen to Red Hot Chili Peppers or Smashing Pumpkins anymore. You want to hear something new that you haven't heard. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Whoa, Kenny, be careful, dude. You don't want to break the fucking cycle here. Of course it's going to be Red Hot Chili Peppers every 13 fucking seconds. Be careful. But I mean, you guys have kind of had this career too. And kind of the way that my band has, you guys have obviously stepped up to a different level, but like living through different eras and trying to break yourselves in music industry. If you're talking 2016, 2017, you're still talking about prime alt radio era where that's your focus. Now it's kind of all over the place. Have you found that like trying to blend the new age promotion with the fucking classic promotion has kind of been your guys angle, like trying to hit all different spots? Definitely. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we just yeah. want to do whatever we can, and it's our our following in real life is much larger, I think, than our following on our socials. So it's, and we just believe in our like, we believe in getting people in front of, like we were saying about the in person, the in person stuff. Just like if we can get people in front of us and convince them, like we we see ourselves as likable enough guys to where I think that if we sit in front of somebody, we can get them to come to the show. So it's not always true about the internet. And obviously, you know, that's a, an incredible tool. Um, and we use that as, as best as, as we can, but yeah, we, just, we try to mix it up, try to, try to keep it fresh and new all the time. We you also guys... don't have, oh, go I was going to say, no. we also don't really have a fucking clue what we're doing. Now. Yeah. Also that, we just, so. we just like making music and we are lucky enough to have a team that kind of helps us figure out how to get in front of people. You know what I mean? Exactly. We're pretty good. I feel like we're, our strong suits are like making music and playing shows. And then like, other than that, we're like, hopefully someone hears it, you know, like, <laughs> man. I feel like you guys are solid enough dudes though. Like you seem like actual human beings that like being in front of people is good. The internet is so good for musicians with no personality. Like you can, you can, you can fucking push yourself on the internet and give yourself a personality through TikTok and Instagram and all that shit. You guys actually seem like real human beings. I appreciate that. Yeah. (laughs) We try really hard to do that. So, which is, it's fun for us because we do. Yeah. Like the amount of like followers and like stuff we have sometimes feels like while we're playing way bigger shows than we i i feel like we would based on our fault like just our numbers like we're we're doing like 6500 tickets in nashville in like a month and a half and it's like i know a lot of bands that have like a million followers that are doing that shit and we have like you know 100 percent. i yeah that imposter syndrome thing is so i mean not that it's necessarily that but 
I remember being on stage every night being like, who the fuck are you people? (laughs) I'm like, where are you coming from? How did you get You don't follow us. You don't follow any of us online, but like, here you are. You see the lines outside of the venues. You're like, it's 3 p.m. What are you doing here? Yeah, why why do you care about this? Go home. (laughs) (laughs) I would rather people care in real life than the internet, but I just feel like so much of people's kind of like, you know, self-image and shit these days comes from like, you know, as an artist, like, you know, yeah. how, how popping is are the socials, you know, and yeah. just even from the label's perspective and the team is like, oh, we're so stoked about the shows or whatever. But like, you know, you, so-and-so has more followers than you. So like, we, we, you guys, it's like for these many shows, for you're playing this big of shows and the socials are here, like you guys must be doing something wrong. Right. But the socials Ooh. are not somewhere like, Okay, well, like, and so it's always kind of like we're trying to play catch up with like our social shit, and we're like, well, you know, if people want to come to the show and not, it but not follow us, like, cool, fine, like, fine with me. Running. Guys, yeah. need to change the color palette for the month and a new genre. <laughs> yeah, we need, we need. Hey, we honestly, need, yeah. great idea. <laughs> I mean, dude, there's nothing funnier than watching bands go through their phases. Like we always talk about, every band has a black and white phase. Which, by the way, I see you guys have been oh, on a black and white phase recently. Oh yeah. Uh, it was heavily black and white for like yeah. two years now yeah. being that you guys are country guys and coming out the time that you guys came out did you ever go through like dressing like the lumineers phase did you ever go through like the big net na- like the big nashville hats and like the suspenders never had a no we, we, phase. yeah not 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 like no. a true phase no. we listened to the music but not not so much yeah not not the way in our dress not all right we've always kind of dressed pretty bandy but like not not like not like Americana, looking yeah. here. Not stomp clap. We we were pretty skinny jeans. Stomp, I'm, stomp clap. Um. Well, I only bring this up because I had a heavy, like Americana phase hat guy phase. It's just yeah. really tough to pull off being from Philadelphia and have my accent. Like it just, I was such a fucking loser, dude. I don't know why I did that. I love looking back at old pictures and being like, Yo, what the yeah. fuck were we what doing? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if our socials don't blow up here soon, we'll probably have to do some some new phase, like maybe like feet picks phase or something. Oh yeah, like I was that. gonna say always. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sure. That's marketing, bro. Feet. Yeah. I hope someone from Electra is on this right now and they're taking notes. They're like fucking feet pick phase, dude. Let's do it. Take out the piggies. <laughs> <laughs> if you if you bundle this vinyl with a physical CD and a ticket, we'll also send you pictures of our soles of our feet. That's yeah, a fucking this, move. This is Sign feet, foot pick. Yeah, there's worse <laughs> ideas. <laughs> there are- I, was, I was about to say, like, I know, I know that people would unfortunately pay for that, or fortunately, I don't know how you guys feel about feet. But- yeah, I mean, you know, <laughs> I hate feet, dude. I fucking hate feet. They're not my thing, but you know, whatever gets the job done. You know, they do say that like one out of every five adults has a foot fetish, and then I sit here and I see that there's six of us. And I'm trying to figure out who it is. Could it be? It's definitely Dante. <laughs> Yeah, Dante's a feet guy for sure, dude. Dante's got bad internet, so he's a feet guy. I got an actual <laughs> music question. Um, being uh, he's, got a, he's got a low-key subscription. Being that you guys go back and forth singing lead shit, um, I'm curious because I have a, another band, um, Congos. They're on this podcast, and they have four brothers. They each write songs, and whoever wrote that song generally sings that lead. I'm curious if you guys either write songs for each other or if you generally sing the songs that you wrote. What's that dynamic? Yeah, kind of both yeah a little bit of both usually like one of us is carrying the torch in the room and it's like you know if it's someone's brainchild they're kind of going to sing it but then a lot of times for this record there was a few when we were in the studio we changed like novocaine is one on the new record that he 
wrote and I, I didn't write on it and he's saying and then when we got to this the studio i ended up singing like part of the chorus and he sings the other parts we kind of like sometimes switch it up just because like it used to be kind of just whatever but this record we kind of tried to make it even just because you know we have two lead singers so we're just trying to kind of lead into that and be like you know make it pretty even down the middle and it yeah. usually ends up being like that anyway just because we both write a bunch of songs and but there's been certain songs yeah where like spencer writes and then i'll sing or like vice versa Mm -hmm. we, we've actually never really gotten into like a like a, a real like tiff over like yeah. let me sing this one bro like no i want to sing this one. i know just like we both want to see it's like we'll find a way you want the verse i'm on the chorus all right cool like, yeah it's like whatever i'm in a two-singer band it gets competitive sometimes where we me and erica will both be like i want this one no i want this one and then we'll both record the vocals and then i'll be like well you're fucking right i'm wrong you should sing this like we'll do that where we'll be multiple yeah. versions of a song Totally. Yeah, we had that with Novocaine too because we had one where I was singing the whole chorus and then one where he was singing the whole chorus and then one where we split it up half and half and like changed up the lines. And we ended up like sitting with the different balances and, you know, picking one, picking one of them. So it was like it, we did have multiple versions too, which was kind of fun. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm interested. I'm interested to hear the new record because I've been a fan of everything you guys have done thus far. But more than anything, I do want to see you guys live. Like, I feel like you, I haven't seen you guys live before. I've always heard that you're a live band. Was that an, a thing early on in your career? You guys realized like, all right, if we're going to push forward here, we need to be a, a live band. Like we need to be a live attraction. Yeah. Cause we definitely started before, before we even had music out, we we were playing so many shows in Memphis and we were kind of like a cult. We were like a college party band and shit. We were doing like bars and around Memphis and like, frat parties and like all kinds of bullshit just to like make money so we didn't have to like you know spend as much time like being servers or wherever, wherever else we were working yeah so by the time we actually put out our first cp we played like a bunch of headline shows and we like sold out we had sold out like the local coffee shop that was like 300 cap or whatever like a couple times so we had like this little hometown buzz going on so the, by the time we actually even put out music we already had like we were already playing we'd already been playing shows for like almost a year as the band Camino. So like, we've always kind of like, you know, that's always led the charge. We were doing a lot of regional shows and stuff. Even so when we had like five songs crazy thing to me, man, is that there's so many bands these days or people who will form a band, make an entire record. Right. And then go out and try to play it. And I've always been a bigger fan or a bigger believer in like, you got to play a hundred thousand shows and figure out yeah. what's what right because i mean you can make a great record and then if it sucks live you're the fucking worst i've always i always say that the live show is one thing the record's the other thing they're not mutually exclusive so it, it's cool to hear that you guys played a lot of shows first. yeah you might get you might get people in the door for the first time but if you suck when they see you they're not coming back you know yeah. what i mean like you might what, get them the what's harder the making the album that pops or get play a in front of he was so close he almost got the whole phrase out something <laughs> like that he's something like that satellite internet vibe <laughs> i think what he's saying was what's harder making the album or getting ticket sales like getting getting people out the shows uh probably i mean thus far making the records probably because people like people do like coming out to the shows i don't know if like what's harder like because i don't really know what you like judge that Mm. I don't know what they're like judge of like I don't know what you're what I don't know like they're both like fun like people yeah, people yeah, have just come fun. for us people have just always come to shows and we've like had a really good team of our management and our booking agent at CAA like Bennett the boy 
Um, I've always kind of like been able to really read kind of where we were at based on past shows and based on like listeners and stuff and like what size rooms we should do to like continue selling them out and then being full. So like we kind of always just put on two tours that we were like, this is going to be way too big. Like we can't sell these rooms and then they sell. So fingers that, crossed we're doing a lot of big rooms in two months, but that's Kenny's biggest piece of advice always to artists is get a booking agent who understands the band and doesn't try and oversell. Thousand percent. Yeah. There's it's better some, to sell out and have have a you know a packed room than like an Yeah, there's empty. uh there's like algorithms that go with that shit and a good booking agent will keep every room filled without you know, there's also like the demand of people who can't get the tickets and you gotta come back again yep. next time and whatnot. I've been mm-hmm. a part of sold out arena tours that were great and been a part of half sold arena tours where they have to black out half the fucking place and it's like yep. Ah, uh, man, that fucking sucks. Shouts out Prophets yeah. of Rage. Shouts out Prophets of Rage. <laughs> Get off more than they could chew first. <laughs> oh, man. I, 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 from those, like, college party shows in those early days, did you guys have, like, a go-to cover that, like, every night you did? We did all kinds of... Oh, yeah, we did like, a ton. So many of you just do, like, John Mayer songs and, like, Kings of Leon songs. And, like, if it was, like, a dance or, like, some, some shit where we need to play more pop, we would do, like, Katy Perry and, like, fucking Jonas Brothers and, like... We'd always do like, what was the one Katy Perry song? What's the one? Teenage Dream. Teenage Dream, yeah. yeah. And we do like Burning Up by the Joe Bros. Oh, dude, gotta be the Joe Bros. Oh, you guys, you guys were going towards that girl audience right there. You're doing the Jonas oh, Brothers. Oh, no, yeah. No, yeah, no. See, we yeah. went the opposite way. We would do Juicy by Biggie and we would do Ride With Me by <laughs> Nelly. Like, we would try yeah. and go as fucked up as humanly possible. Just like, that's the actually weirdest awesome, though. Dude, get out there and start doing Ride With Me by Nelly. And then I want you to shout us out on stage. This is inspiration. Um, Hold on. We have about two minutes left, guys. Okay, Sorry. we got That's two minutes. Perfect. I was literally about to say we're gonna wrap this up. Uh, you guys are heading out on tour. The new records out next week. Uh, when does the tour kick off, and where are you guys heading first? Do you know? September fourteenth, and uh, Philly. We're starting in Philly. I'm yeah. I'm here. Sure. Do you know? Are, oh, you guys are doing the Met, aren't you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is it the Met? I think it's the Met. First off, dude, it's one. Yeah, of, yeah, yeah, yeah. It is one of the best venues in the city. It's gorgeous. It's an old fucking opera house. It's Dope. awesome. Enjoy that. I will be there. I promise. Let's go. There you go. We'll see you there, man. Um, and then we're gonna try and see you guys in Chicago as well when you guys are out on tour. We'll try and do some like more in person shit. But we needed to get you guys yeah. on to talk about the record. Yeah, no yeah. doubt. Let's do it. Um, and when you meet Dante, he doesn't glitch in person. It's great. Yeah. It's been great talking to you, Dante. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! Uh, the band. I'm so sorry, guys. I was the most excited for this. He really was. Oh, yeah. I've been, I've been loving you guys for like two years, really hard now. I was so excited to get you on, and I can't even fucking talk. Sorry. Hey, there it is. That, that, was, that. A, that was a complete first, sentence. Was yeah. Hey, we'll oh. see. We'll see you. Though. Yeah. Uh, everybody, go check out the new record from the band Camino. Go see them on tour. Boys, it's been a pleasure. We appreciate you. Thanks, Kenny. Thank you Thanks, Colin. Thanks, appreciate you, boys. Okay, see you later. Peace. All right, so that was the band Camino. Go check out the new record just dropped. Uh, we're going to go into our Dylan Scott interview as well. Once again, stick around for that because White Sox Dave is an absolute problem in this interview. Uh, but let's go into our on list, off list. My on the list is Robbie Robertson. Uh, shouts out to uh, the band. Uh, he just passed away today. Um, oh, I, didn't I don't know that. if you guys saw that. Um, the band, if you don't know the band, they were Bob Dylan's backing band to start, but uh, Robbie and Levon Helm and everybody, what are you laughing about? <laughs> I, just, I just heard Johnny goes, oh, I didn't hear that, but Congo's on Twitter 
somebody like posted like um man one of my favorite bands or whatever it was and your fucking brothers one of your brothers put plus one right like meaning like it's one of their favorite bands too and i just responded minus one jesus <laughs> christ oh uh, everybody go watch the last waltz directed by yeah. martin scorsese just fucking incredible but i mean just everybody knows the weight but go and just listen to the band man fucking incredible incredible um johnny who's on your list uh Miles Davis, I was like, I put my entire library on shuffle the other day, and one of these albums of his came up. It's called Amanda. He put it out in the 80s. And, mm. you know, he was that one of these artists always pushing forward, would not like ever make the same album over and over. And he made this album in the 80s called Amanda. And it's weird because it's, I think, the beginning of smooth jazz because he's playing oh. all these weird, corny, eight, like synth and like weird shit that is like bad but it's elevator miles davis elevator, elevator music by miles davis yeah but it's so fucking amazing of an album but now you look back historically and you're like okay so he did that and then a bunch of like jazz kids heard that and they're like i'm gonna try to make that and then they created the fucking demon that is smooth jazz so it's like it's weird because he made this amazing album it's innovative and then everyone else has just turned that into shit my like, dad happens so, you know when you're such a pioneer like Think about all the bad like blues bands trying to do like the original stuff they heard. Like how many well, it's, fucking it's like Led Zeppelin. Like, it's like Led it's like Led Zeppelin makes when the levee breaks and then Greta Van Fleet comes around 50 years later. It's it's that, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Everybody Jesus. wants to be the black keys, man. It's only the well, I mean, everybody <laughs> wants to be Jack White. Right. Yeah. Depending on what you know, who you're whose side you're on. But I mean, either way, we both know they invented it. So what's the difference? By the they way, were King, literally the two people or bands at the crossroads when Robert Johnson <laughs> went down there. Yeah. Can we make they, shirts? They had a big fight and then handed the blues to Robert Johnson. Can we make shirts? Can we talk to somebody at Barstool and get them to make shirts that say Jack White invented the blues? And I just want to see Jack White get mad. We'd have to get permission from Chevy Mustang. <laughs> oh my god! Could be another great live on podcast ask. Kenny, yeah. can you uh, can you tell me who's on your list? Uh, on my list is Apple TV. The people, mm. the content people. Um, I've been watching a bunch of shows on there, like you know, watch Ted Lasso's great, blah blah blah. But I started watching and I finished a show called Silo. I heard it was great. It's fucking awesome! Great show. One season so far. Fucking every episode is so good. I just finished it last night and fucking great silo silo all right we gotta check it out i i i i don't have apple tv it's the only streaming service they don't have yeah what they've a- got i did i i think they've made some like uh they did severance right yeah also. yeah mm-hmm. yeah they, they do some really good shit everything to me has this weird apple feel like it's very it it's so polished that, right it's paul and that's so sarah and i were bored looking for something new to watch and we found a couple things on apple tv and our main vibe was pretty much everything i watch on apple is pretty awesome pretty fucking great like it's top tier so fuck it click well Di- disney's getting sold to apple oh did i, I didn't know that i thought they did already you... owned part of it or maybe i'm thinking uh, something bob else. Iger, the ceo is trying to sell disney to apple which at, at that point i mean might as well sell the american government to apple because it's going that way anyway what the fuck's the difference? <laughs> it has more cash yeah it probably does actually that's a good fucking <laughs> point um my off the list what the fuck is my off the list i mean i can have a litany of sleeping them. <laughs> it's on my list dog um yeah you feeding. know what my my off the list is fucking all the losers out there who try and act like uh not sleeping is like a death sentence grow the fuck up 
Bitch, you're, you're not going to sleep. days in. You need to fucking relax. You're fucking <laughs> get there, son. I'll be fine. Yeah, I'll be okay. Um, my Every time your baby's fucking f- absolutely losing it and freaking out, just remember old Ken Dog had two. <laughs> I, text, I texted you and I said, Ken, you're right. I'm in shambles. That's Kenny's word. I'm in shambles. I, I, I told Sarah that and she appreciated it. We had friends who just who have like a three-week-old right now and they told us the other day, they're like, every time we feel like we're going to lose it, we go, Kenny and Sarah had two. We need to chill the fuck I, uh, out. <laughs> I did have a good moment the other night. I went to bed at like 4.30. Because I was trying to let my wife sleep, and then uh, I finally got to bed. And then at five thirty, I woke. She was trying to change the baby, and he was spazzing out. So I got up, I go into the, his room, and uh, he wouldn't stop. And we couldn't get the diaper. Like we, we something was wrong. And I, I just looked at him, and I got real close, and went, "Stop, please stop, please stop." And then I, I that's, that was the that was the one moment. I was, the please stop is a daily thing where you're like, "Please, dude, please, for the love of God, fucking dude." I, I'm probably 48 ounces of cold brewing already today. Like I'm, I'm, I'm literally just shooting myself out. Like I'm, I'm going to die. Interesting thing I've noticed about particularly about like you're the please stop with kids when they're like having a tantrum or like crying in that, how important your state of being is at Mm. that moment, because it's literally got nothing to do with what you say, what you like, nothing that kid doesn't pick up on anything other than like the general state of what you are Mm -hmm. i've done it sometimes when i've been able to like catch myself instead of getting like frustrated and be like hurry up like go to sleep sort of vibe if you're just able to like stop and be present for a moment and actually calm yourself down and get into a better state of mind it's miraculous the effect that has on your kid it'll never happen for me It'll yeah, what kind of zen bullshit are you trying to sell me, dude? Dude, me. try it. I try it. I get one to calm down. I got the other one starting to fucking freak out. Yeah, but that's that's your fault, though. Son, since he was like three months old. Do you understand what patient means, brother? And he doesn't <laughs> say anything back. I don't think he does. You know what I'm going to do tonight? I haven't done yet. I'm going to pull the guitar out. I haven't played. Oh, I have not played the guitar in front of me. For both of my kids, they could be fucking losing their shit one strum of the guitar immediately stops every time i'm interested to see what happens i uh kenny we started working on um putting together that song that mean mean you want to work on the wrong side of the road song for the fox shot record i told I, you that's the dumb dum 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 and uh i sent that to the guy who's doing our studio guitar work um he hadn't heard it yet and i sent it to him today and he was like yo this Don't shit is going to be gas. Needed a fucking brown guy to come and help you out. That's all I've ever needed. That's all I've been need. saying that for years. Fucking jazzy ass notes in there, though. I'm fucking we're going to the mat, son. <laughs> we made one minor change. Like, what if That's I put the seven and the nine over here and then I bring it back to the. Three? You know, I have nerds, dude. I have nerd. I'm not the nerd, but I got nerds. Simple. You know, you keep it. Make it about the vocal. Make it about that lyric. Make it about Will Shade. Will Shade is a nerd and he's smart. So he confuses me and I do what he says. That's why, you know, as a producer, often I have to make incredible musicians dumb themselves down all the time. All the time. I'm a dumb down guy. You don't got to dumb me down anymore. It's my it's my minions. You have to dumb down drums only. Let's go. (laughs) All right. Let's uh, let's hop the fuck out of here. We're going to off the list. Oh, I apologize. Do good. I just had Sarah and I had this conversation earlier. She was like, have you been seeing this bullshit about the Snow White thing? Right. About like. So Snow White is now brown in the new whatever. And the people who always cause a shit about this stuff 
they're you know they're like we have an actual point because it's, her skin was as white as snow so blah 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 and i tell sarah i was like okay listen maybe there's a point there that in the story she's supposed to have white skin but if you have an opinion either way about the race of a fucking disney character you're a goddamn coward you shouldn't care either way shut up those same those same people that make the same stink every time, you should uh, show them a historically accurate picture of what Jesus looks like and see them oh, watch I, their heads explode. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, leave Korean Jesus alone. He don't got time for your problems. <laughs> I told you the greatest moment of my life is getting to yell that at Ice Cube. Yeah. yeah. That was the best moment of my life. That yeah, my son was just born. That was the best moment of my life. He had a great interview on Rogan for whatever about Rogan's vibe, but like the Ice Cube interview he just did was fun. Dude, he just did um Tucker Carlson's show and I watched the yeah. interview. And that's really the thing, though, is he so consistently himself, you know, like he's the same no matter what platform it is, far left, far right, middle, whatever, he's the exact same fucking person. I really appreciate that. Nothing someone needs to sample that Tucker call Tucker Tucker Cucker Cucker. Tucker Tarson yeah. uh, laugh. It's yeah, so <laughs> fucking annoying. <laughs> he has like a French aristocrat's laugh. I don't Wait, know how else to put it. Tucker Tarleson, can uh, we end this episode with some of my last band names? Sure. <laughs> as long as they're not like too fucked up. <laughs> well, yeah, I won't, I won't read the gnarly ones. I think the last one I gave you guys was Darth Brooks. Darth Brooks made <laughs> us all that, laugh very dude, hard. That's a fucking great one. Uh, and Angry Gay. <laughs> That's a great, that's a great one. Uh, lizard shit was another great one. Lesbian do rag was another great one. And then the last one I wrote yesterday was extreme baptism. <laughs> I like that one. Wait, lesbian do. I went to Kenny. one of the AI things and typed in extreme baptism, and the photo that it brought up was incredible. Kenny, what's that? Our side project needs to be lesbian do rag. Lesbian do my I got a buddy who only wears do he's a white guy who wears fucking do rags all the time. I'm like, you look like you're wearing a lesbian do rag. We're like, put it on the list. Lesbian do rag is the greatest band name of all time. Holy fuck! I feel like Phoebe Bridgers and like uh like all the girls in Boy Genius are gonna change their band name to Lesbian Do Rag, and I will fucking buy a ticket to every show ever. That is the most fire shit I've ever heard in my like entire life. And angry gay, just for the the grammatics of it. And angry gay. My my favorite one of yours of all time is still Land Shrimp. Land Shrimp's Land, a, Land Shrimp's a really good one. Yeah. I think Kenny, that's honestly why you're on this podcast. That was the first episode that you came on. Which one's better, Darth Brooks or Garth Vader? <laughs> They're both fire. I'm telling. I look back Let's at do like one of those collab albums between those two. Dude. I look at I look at the trajectory of this podcast and how far we've gotten and what we're doing now. And I think back to the first episode that it was just me and Dave and Kenny came on, and Land Shrimp. You know the the meme of like little Domino and then the big Domino. You know what I'm talking about. It's a, like it's it's like something, and then at the end it's like the big thing, and it's like. Kenny Carkeet says the words land shrimp is the little one. And the big one is white Sox. Dave interviews major laser. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's, that's how we, I don't know how the fuck we got here. Right. Oh no. It's like Kenny Carkeet says land shrimp. And the big one is Dave Portnoy buys back barstool sports. Like, <laughs> oh, so I, I don't know the meat. It's like, I go like a butterfly type effect. You're saying, is that what yep. the point you're making? Okay. I'll send you one of the, I'll make a meme for you, but uh, let's, uh, let's wrap this up. We'll have a full, full group episode next week with major laser. Um, and then I think, I think the end of the month, Kenny's dream is coming true. I think we're we're gonna have a uh, Corey Taylor from Slipknot. Which Are we? Because here's the thing, Dave's like, 
in true Dave fashion, you better fucking get your fucking ass to fucking Chicago, blah, blah. I was like, well, you got to give me a goddamn heads up. So yeah. You can't tell me the fucking day before. I know hell no, I ain't going to Chicago, but I am very excited. Um, oh, and I have a, he's going out, Corey Taylor is going out on tour. And I saw a girl that I work with, a friend of mine named Luna Aura. Shout out, Luna Aura is opening for him. So good for you, girl. Sweet. Is he going out as himself? Yeah. Dude, I want, if he comes on the podcast, I am going to beg him to wear like his long blonde wig when he was stone sour. I don't even remember this. He was stone sour and Corey Taylor had like middle of the back. He looked like a, like Joe Walsh when the Eagles were like on their, like when hell freezes over tour and he was wearing like a blazer and like long blonde hair. And now Corey Taylor has got like really like tightly cropped hair and he's all tatted. And I'm like, dude, I just want, you know, Joe Walsh, blonde wig, Corey Taylor back. I hope that happens. Corey Taylor has become the ambassador for fucking heavy music and, what a good person to fill, fill that role. He's incredible. Dude, do me a favor. Please text in the group chat after this and ask David that's actually happening. Okay. No. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. All right. Uh, we'll see uh, you guys Completely unrelated, week. Kenny. Will you actually text the group good, hard, like metal, rock, hardcore, whatever you like, Stuff recommendations? Because yeah, there was well, one or two bands you sent to me recent, like a long time ago that I loved. And I'm always looking for recommendations there because I can't go do what I usually do, which is I'll spend like hours going down that. I cannot do that with like metal. Oh, I can't go. do it. I've got you. I re- it took me 40 years to realize how important California hardcore music is. Mm. I've always been a metal guy. Kill Switch Engage, All the Remains, like all that kind of shit. And then when I was in AWOL Nation, they're all California hardcore guys. And they tried to get me into it, got into it a little bit. Took me 39 years and six months to be like... <laughs> Holy fucking shit. California hardcore is the best of all time. I'll send you shit. Cool. Nice. Machine Gun Kelly. All right. Uh, this is our interview with <laughs> Dylan Scott. Great to meet you. you too, I'm man. Dylan. Nice to meet You're you. You're Dylan too? I, I'm Dave. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm drunk. I'm Dave. I'm drunk too. All right. It's Barstool backstage. I'm joined by Dante the Don and Dylan Scott. Now I. You agreed to this interview. I want to let you know right off the bat. It's not going to be as much of an interview as it's going to be an interrogation. <laughs> I got a lot of beef with you after that set. What do you want to say about um, it? First of all, um, right off the bat, this just does, this isn't secluded to you as much as just uh, musicians in general. Why do you assholes always come to Chicago and wear Cubs shit when you come on stage? <laughs> this is your bassist. He had his Cubs shirt and hat on. Who did? Your bassist. Oh, my bass? I don't yeah. pay attention to them, man. I just let them do their thing. Well, you know, I don't know what they wear. You don't have to see. I don't tell them what they right? wear. You know, well, first of all, what's wrong with it, though? He's showing he's, love to y'all. So his city. name is White Sox Dave. He's a huge oh, White, White Sox fan. I hate fan. the Cubs. And yeah. half the city hates those you losers. Like? I work for the Cubs, so I'm a Cubs guy. But <laughs> oh. he, the minute you guys came out, he was like immediately like, why the fuck they always got to wear Cubs stuff? I tell you what, you're pandering to the crowd, and half the crowd hates it. Just so you know, half, you're right. Half the crowd yeah. does hate that. Yeah, that's why I didn't wear it. Next time, good, walk good. up to my bass player because he's like a toothpick, and just be I like, saw "Hey, that. he had like his arms yeah. are like real just fucking be like, thin." Hey. I wanted, to, I was gonna ask you to get him in here. Um, next up on the interrogation process, are you yeah. afraid of snakes? Yep. 
Absolutely. I could tell because you got the fuck away from that cup snake when it was coming out. <laughs> like, uh... Well, dude, they weren't good with it, man. Like, that thing was going everywhere, you know? I thought they were going to smack inside the head. Like, I don't what, but... think there's a safety hazard, but it might be a safety hazard. Yeah. Uh, did you put them on your tour bus? Uh, they're still on the stage right now. My guys are bringing them up. I'm I'll amazed, have... man. Your stagehand ran out, grabbed them. You said you were going to Because I got professionals besides my bass player that wears cups. Uh, yes, exactly. So, so. He doesn't know yeah. what the fuck he's doing. Uh, good bassist, but, like, come on, like... Uh, that's a little, that's like too, come on. Yeah. Um, next up on the interrogation process, you said you like older women better. I agree with yes. you. Why yep. is that? Uh, well, I mean, hey, older, the Cougars, they know, they know what they're doing, man. They know Thank what they're you. doing. You know Thank what I'm saying? Like, I don't have three kids for nothing. Yeah, and you said your wife's you know an 80s saying? baby. because I'm good at it. because I'm good yeah. at it. You know what I'm saying? older than you, right? Absolutely. How much older? Like a year and two months. Okay, so mildly older. I he thought looked she was at like, me immediately after you said that, and he was like, he knows his shit. I was like, yeah. You ever been with an older woman? Oh, fuck yeah. It's the best. They, <laughs> exactly. They so why are you... It's, fuck. It's, the, it's the... Yes. It's the greatest thing yeah. on earth. Uh, next Love up, Lips great. of an Angel. You know that's like Hinder is like... They... That's like playing Nickelback. Absolutely. With all due respect to I love Chad Nickelback. I do too. I love Nickelback and I love Hinder. So I used to... When I was like 15, Hinder was kind of cool for a second. And so I would drive around with, with my wife, mm -hmm. you know, and that's what we would do. You know, she was an older woman and... You know, she, Dude, she I love it. You were ripping yeah. when you were on the piano. You were ripping. You played Got three to. doors down. Got to play yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Crushed. You had everyone singing out "Train," which I never thought I would hear. Was it Chastity Jubilee? That was yeah. a young crowd too, man. You're all two thousands, baby. We're gonna get to that. Well, yeah. we're gonna get to we're that in get a moment. To, Your yeah. man, Austin. We might have to incriminate you a little bit, but we're gonna get there. <laughs> um, next up, do you want to dip? You're from Louisiana. <laughs> I don't dip, dude. I did this. One, I did this one time in Vegas, and I threw up everywhere. You're, and you call yourself a country artist? Yeah, absolutely. Like, what about uh, the best blue jeans have skull rings and all that kind of shit? Yeah, I don't. I don't understand <laughs> that, man. I mean, like, if you don't dip, don't you put the skull in your? I'm back I'm like pocket, a Yankee like. from Chicago. That's like fucking not from the south. But you do. Yeah, yeah. we have a community spitter going right here. So, um, so are you a country boy? I'm I'm more country. You just called me are. a country boy, <laughs> not a country boy for where for not you know dipping. Yeah, you don't even have a southern accent, really. God dang. <laughs> uh, what size jeans do you wear? These are like a thirty-two something. Uh, like twenty-four. You should go up to like thirty-two, thirty because those you are too skinny. Think? These are too <laughs> skinny. Um, yeah. Uh, what you want me to wear? Some old bags or something? I mean, you, you're gonna have to take the jaws of life. There's like, a reason you're, you're not on stage in front of all those people, <laughs> and I am. So, yeah. Okay, so um, it was an awesome set. The crowd is going fucking wild. The interrogation process is over. Uh, what do you got coming up? Um, what do you got in the next few months? Are you on tour right now? Man, where can we find you? You can find me everywhere. We're all over the place, man. Mm -hmm. So. Faster Horses tomorrow night, playing all the big festivals this summer. And then I got a big headline tour this fall called the uh, This Town's Been Too Good to Us tour. So we're, we're playing all year. Cool, cool. And um, you got your phone on you right now? I don't. All right. If you did, who's the most famous person in your phone book? Uh, Luke Bryan. Luke Bryan? Yeah. Could you just FaceTime right now? 100%. Like, we can go to his bus right now and just chill with him if you want oh, to. So. I mean, if you're inviting me, like, yeah, I will. I, mean, I accept that invite. We can do that. So <laughs> I got a question. What you got? How can a normal guy write a love song to their soon-to-be wife as good as my girl? How's that work out? 
just come hang out with me for a little bit. No, I'll, man. I'll hook I mean, you up, dude. that is we'll, like we'll, write, smooth, we'll write a great song. That is like as smooth as smooth gets. For you it. know, it is smooth, and it's like here's the deal. Y'all want to know what's crazy? So I've been with my wife a long time, right? Mm-hmm. So I was 15 years old. She, oh, I, I didn't know that. So I was 15, dude. Okay. She was 16. Yeah, and I wrote a lot of love songs in the beginning. They're like, oh, you wrote a love song about me? You know what I'm saying? Like, they're yeah, all about yeah, it. You yeah, know? Yeah. I come home now, and I'm like, I just wrote the greatest love song ever. And she's like, it's good. Women. They lose well, it, women, man. Right? They women, freaking right? lose it, dude. They lose, they lose the whole it. deal. And it's That's just the most women so thing ever. What I'm going to say to that is, like, you can write or something, dude, but after a while, it doesn't matter anymore. <laughs> so don't, don't waste your time. <laughs> you got to keep writing your love songs. Otherwise, it's not yeah, good enough. I, I guess. Right? I don't know. I keep writing them, and she's just like, it's good. Well, you're crushing it. Um, so where'd you say you are uh, after this, after the smoke well, out? Uh, tomorrow, we're going to Faster Horses in Michigan. In Michigan? Okay. Yep. Is that outside Detroit? I think so, okay. yeah. Um, and then what's the, what's the tour life like? Like, what's the dumbest thing you've, like, where's the worst place you slept? The worst? Wow, Sorry, we just yeah. lost our lights. Sorry. Yeah, keep going. In Sorry. And out. Yeah. Wow. The worst place I've slept? Heck yeah. <laughs> just hold them lights up. Sorry. Man, you know, back in the day, we stayed in some pretty sketchy hotels. Mm-hmm. You know, not even hotels, motels. Heck yeah. What's the sketchiest Man, interview you've ever done? This <laughs> one right here, dude. Like, I, feel like, I feel like I'm going to, like, the lights are going to go out. You're like, butt naked or something next to me. So, uh, there we go. That'll work. Um, yeah. Wait, sorry. Let him finish. Let him finish. Let him finish. This is going to be a good answer. Did you ask me something? <laughs> your, your sketchiest... Venue sketchiest, show, yeah, sketchiest venue or show you've ever done. You're from Louisiana. So we played a show. Be... We played a show. No, we played a show a couple years ago, and like as we were finishing our set, there was a guy in the parking lot that was really drunk that was just out there smashing cars in his truck. <laughs> no, like seriously, like bumper cars just smashing. Like that's not sketchy, but it's like, man, what is happening right now? <laughs> where are we at, and why is this happening? Why is nobody? Where is security at? <laughs> that's supposed to be like watching. The, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like it yeah, was just, yeah, yeah. That was, yeah. Can you imagine? Uh, I, uh, Can you imagine being at my show and walking outside and your car smashed and the person next to you make like the whole parking lot? Actually, I came because I was about to start a mosh pit because that's kind of emotion that you were invoking out of me out yeah. there. Yeah, you were feeling it. Oh, I was feeling it hard, and I wanted to just go break stuff. So if I would have gotten like a truck, I, no, I'm joking. Um, no, that's fucked up. That's very just fucked a up. Bit. <laughs> just a little bit. Dante, dude, cute. <laughs> Sorry, you're on one. Do ben. you here? Uh, have a mamitas. Um, we'll yeah, we felt go. bad. You were like funneling fireball up there, and yeah, you don't like fireball. I hate fireball. No, you yeah, will yeah. remember the cup snakes, though, and the the fact that you were like, oh, it's just plastic cups. Who played no, it off well? Who's gonna give a big deal? Awesome. Yo, do you know those are like outlawed at Wrigley Field? They what? flip out about people stacking those things. No do, they, do they? Do oh, they? Oh, stacking them's outlawed. Or do they sell them? No, they stack them. The yeah. fans stack them in the bleachers, and the ushers take them away like yeah. they're terrorists. But why? Exactly. It's a, it's a plastic cup. Exactly. What's you it going to do? What's you it, said it? it. That's why. You might have extended the olive branch that heals this whole process. I doubt that. But, I mean, it's... A, like, look, peace in the Middle East might have started cup. today with you. Let them make the cup snake. Is that what it's called, cup snake? Yep. Yeah, make the cup snake. Dave doesn't care because Dave is a hater. Yeah. Uh, no, I, well, I don't. Well, hates Wrigley and yeah. all that, but you might have Wrigley? started the peace process today. 
he's lying. He's full of shit. And I don't hate Wrigley. Wrigley's the best concert venue in the city, I think. Um, did you go see Morgan Wallen a couple weeks ago? I did. Ago? How I did. was it? He, I mean, he's a hot-looking fucking dude. And he's, his music's awesome. I love him. Yeah. I saw the dead there Why are you sad ago. about my show a while ago? I, I mean, I didn't want to fucking sit here and, like, make you uncomfortable. Like, he, you want to know what he said to me? I'm not right trying now. to blow up my boy's spot <laughs> like that. But he goes, man, look how many girls are trying to grab that oh, guy's that dick. Is, that is true. <laughs> <laughs> you, you were like holding the microphone in the stand and every girl out there was like doing the go-go Scared gadget fingers. arms to your fucking yeah. nuts. He said that to me. I'm not trying to blow inflate your head or anything, but All right. but All we right. got to wrap up. We're getting yelled at. You're yeah. the man. Thank you so much yeah. for stopping by. Dude, thank, thank you for man. coming to thank Smoke you. Out. Yeah, Please Good come back. You we'll crushed it. it. Awesome fucking headline show. this shit coming up, man. This is like a big I'm deal. I'm waiting. Now. Hey, it's yeah. not it's not in my control. Let you're, me headline you're, this you're thing. You're crushing it. You're crushing yeah. it. How, you got five number ones now? I don't even know right now. Yeah, well, yeah. you lost count. It's crazy. <laughs> no, I don't I didn't lose count, but it's just, it's a whirlwind right it's now. A, it is for sure, on, so. for sure. But you are, you're crushing it, and it's fun to watch, man. It was awesome seeing you today. Thanks for hopping on this, uh, whatever we're in right now. What are we in? A trailer? <laughs> a trailer yeah. with hay bells um, yeah. for Barcel Backstage. Thank you, bro. Cheers. Awesome.